Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You, and now here's Connie. Does a snowflake flung from an angel's wing trust the fall, not yet knowing the grand design or what it will become? There is patience, a whisper of natural order as it follows its innate path, anchoring light to earth. That's a poem called "Transformation" by Myra Dutton. Isn't it pretty? I like to start with a pretty poem like that. And the voice you just heard was the guest today. She is Anna Gatman. Um, I'm excited to talk to her today about bringing some um, spirituality and sacredness to this typically materialistic time of the holidays that we're getting to getting ready to. Um, well, we're we're full on into it as we're recording this. It's still. Uh, a little bit before the beginning of December, and I'm actually in a hotel. I'm、um, down in Florida. My husband decided to take me away for my birthday, so we're having a few days of just R and R, and、uh, yeah, we're just having a good time.、Um, so I hope your holidays are going well, and I'll introduce the guest in a minute. But before we do that, I should say I am your host, Connie Bowman, host of this. Podcast that keeps going and going like the Energizer Bunny. It's all about living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit, and it's been just a、um, really a passion project for me.、Uh, I love talking to、uh, so many different people, authors, and、um, people in the health and wellness field and spirituality arena, and just putting some good information out there too. Maybe raise the vibration a little bit, and our guest today will definitely help us do that.、Um, before we get started, I just want to mention our sponsor, as I always do, Blue Planet Eyewear. They are an awesome company who gives back、um, in a really generous way, helping provide. Um, vision care for people in many different areas of the world, and、um, they sell really cute readers. I'm wearing some now, readers and sunglasses. I actually have my sunglasses here too because I'll be wearing them when I go out of the hotel later, later on.、Um, it's Blue Planet Eyewear. They they are awesome. So if you go to their website, BluePlanetEyewear.com, and you do a little shopping, maybe some holiday shopping, you can take advantage of our Discount twenty percent off using the code Connie twenty. So be sure to check them out. You know you might find a, a gift for someone you love. And now, with without any further ado, ado. She speaks French. Ado, ado.、Um, I'm going to bring in our guest Anna Gatman, and she's written a great book called Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World: Four Keys to Fulfillment and Balance. And I just. I've been reading it. I read it on the plane. I've been reading it sitting by the pool. Pretty cool. It's my it's my jam. This this whole subject. So I'm excited to talk to Anna. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a PhD. She's a visionary educator and spiritual innovator. She comes from an eclectic background that spans the USA, Israel, Sweden, and France. Her rich life experience includes careers as a fashion model. Yep. 
she was discovered, can't wait to hear about that, founder of an alternative elementary school, counselor, speaker, and author. She's the creator of Expansive Community, a membership for changemakers who are committed to creating spiritual material abundance in all areas of their life and in the lives of the people they live, work, and play with. She holds her doctorate in transformative learning from the California Institute of Instagram. from the California Institute of Integral Studies. Yes, I am a voiceover professional and lives with her family in Sonoma County, California. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Anna. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Connie, for having me. I'm really looking forward to this time with you. Yeah, you're on the other side of the country, so um, we'll just uh, set the intention. I'm I'm, I'm in in California. Beautiful California. I'm I'm in the area of where we had fires, and we finally have rain nonstop, and we're so blessed that we have that. So glad. I mean, those fires have just been devastating, and it's so sad to hear about the loss of life, and of of course, the loss of life first, and then so many people have lost homes. Mm. Yeah. So our prayers go out to everyone out there, but I'm glad you have rain. So your book, I really enjoyed it, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World. Gosh, do we need that right now? Oh, crazy. So um, since you, the book came out in August of 2017, right? I think 2017. What has been the response? Um, I know you've traveled around and talked about it and talked to a lot of different, um, tell me about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of surprising because I was kind of scared to share my message, which primarily is that we don't need to give up material things in order to live a spiritual life. And, you know, I, I, in the book, I go into my own transformational story of how I came to realize that. But basically, in spiritual circles, you value the spiritual. The material is here today, gone tomorrow. It has no value we're too attached to it. And I was going to say something different, and I say something different in the book. And so I expected, you know, a lot of pushback. And mm-hmm. instead, I got a relief. People go, wow, I thought you were going to tell me that I need to be less attached to, to material things. And actually, you're telling me that I cannot live without material things. I live in a body. You know, I have to pay rent. I live in a house. Everything is material. But the two can dance together in a beautiful way. And I think that that is the way forward. Um, and not trying to fight. You know, we live in an either-or world, and so it has to be spiritual or material, and I think that it has to be both. It Mm. has to be both. Of course, yeah. Well, unless you want to... Unless you want to be a monk and go live, you know, in a or a hermit right. or hermit. So I guess right. there is that. And even mm-hmm. then, when you're experiencing inner peace in a cave while you're meditating, how do you know that you're experiencing inner peace through sensations in your body, thoughts in your mind? You're, you're having an experience that's an earthly experience, wh- whether you want it or not. Right, right. So make peace with it instead of fight it and always feel bad that we're too material. Mm, yes, yeah, because that, that kind of defeats the purpose, <laughs> just feeling bad yeah. about it. Um, let's let's talk about your spiritual background a little bit. I, you, you definitely lived a lot of different places in a lot of different cultures, and so you have, uh, I'm sure, a broader perspective on uh, world religions and different customs yeah. and traditions. What is your particular religious and spiritual background? So I was born and raised in Israel to a Jewish Israeli but Polish father and a Swedish Protestant Christian mother 
um, who who came from Sweden and, and and married my father. So I grew up with both in my family, and so I, I always say that I grew up into a life of uh, I, I was born into a life of extremes, <laughs> and and it, and it, as a child it wasn't very easy. Um, uh, the personalities of my parents were very different. Having a Christian mother in Israel in the 60s was not a popular thing. I kept it a secret. You know, I had mm-hmm. a lot of shame around it. Uh, t- today, I feel that I've been given a gift of experiencing opposing experiences and seeing how we can bring them together into something that transcends this one or, or that one. But as a child, it was not easy. Now, none of them was re- religious, so I did grow up in a secular home, and I think the holidays that we did do were always more cultural and and family-oriented versus a religious holiday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think your story is at all unusual. Maybe in the 60s it was a little more... Um, unusual to have mixed cultures and mixed religion um, in right. in the same house household, but nowadays it's you know it's nothing anymore. Yeah, yeah. we're so um, so. Uh, some of the stats you write about are interesting. Um, on your one sheet, you say eighty percent of millennials believe in God, but identify themselves as being spiritual but not religious. Yeah. Um, that 2015 Pew Research Center study revealed that millennials are less deta- less attached to organized religion than their parents or grandparents were at the same age. And then 20% of British people, 25% of Americans describe themselves as spiritual, not religious. So, yeah, we've got yeah, a lot so, of people yeah. seeking, seeking, but there's yeah. not, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a hunger or a thirst or whatever or both Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> for the sacred, for the, the spiritual, for meaning. Yeah, right? completely. Like people are, are, are wanting to live, to have purpose and meaning and do good in the world and feel that their life has been significant and that they've given back. People want that, but they don't necessarily. I think that the difference between spir- spiritual and religious is that spiritual is a subjective experience of the sacred and the divine. Mm, a subjective mm-hmm. experience of it. And religion is um, is a set of rules of how to live by. Supposedly how to live by in order to then eventually have that spiritual subjective experience. But you can have that experience regardless of if you adhere to an entire set of beliefs and values and actions, which mm. was my revelation too, and, and for many other people as well. But that's the difference. And I think that millennials... You know, um, they want the, the material things, all the technology, the gadgets, but they realize very quickly that it's not enough and that you need to have some meaning. They don't necessarily want to adhere to strict rules of um, living. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, it's interesting. I think uh, I do. I, I belong to the Episcopal Church. I say I belong. I do feel like I belong. I actually am. Um, active in um, mentoring an EFM, which is called Education for Ministry. So I've, I've really, nice. I've spent the last, well, it was a couple of years ago, I finished the four year program studying and deepening my um, uh, n- awareness and knowledge about um, the history of particularly Christianity, but Judeo Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, also the um, 
the Gospels, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then a little bit of theology. So I have really found a new appreciation for religion in what it can be, as opposed to um, a lot of what we've experienced, especially in this past century, with um, some of the some of the horrific. Um, you know, things in the Catholic Church and the not allowing of women to be priests. And you know, there are so many things that most of us just don't get about religion. But the word religion means to relink or re to connect or to, you know, and, and that for me, that's what it is about. It's connecting with the sacred. And it's my, yeah. my experience is more of a mystical, um, sacred experience. I just, that's what I choose to get at. If I do go to a church service, that I, I make sure that's what I get out of it. I take it deeper by practicing some of the, um, deeper practices that, like the mystics, the, the mystics and the desert fathers and um, yeah. that they practice. So, um, yeah, and 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 I think and I think that all the original texts are sacred. They have mm-hmm. so much wisdom mm-hmm. and and so much sacredness and so much divine expression in them that when we go to those, but the problem is when we start linking it to and therefore you need to do this and mm-hmm. you cannot do that or you're less than me because mm-hmm. but the the original texts are magnificent in all in all traditions they mm-hmm. are magnificent and so i totally get that it uplifts your spirit yes yes and that's how it should be and i think we you know we as human beings living spiritual beings living this human life i think we have a right to um to ask that our religious leaders <laughs> if they want to be there for any any length of time go back to that and and help us to um, understand the sacredness of the text. But I could yeah. go on about that. I want to talk about your book, and I want to talk about some ideas for living um, a more spiritual, sacred life during this crazy holiday season, especially in, in this country. I, I, I'm not sure in other countries, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, that they get so consumer-driven, having, yeah. you know, the um, the Christmas commercials coming out before yeah. Halloween is even over, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Are they, yeah. Is it like that everywhere around the world? Um, well, I, I can primarily speak for Israel, Europe, and the U.S., those are the the three mm-hmm. main main places, and it's it's well it, in Israel it is significant not for Jewish people but because of the sacred places. So there's mm-hmm. always like a you know there's like a midnight mess, and so 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 there's things like that that are happening in certain sacred sites in Israel, mm-hmm. um, and and they and they are Christian Arabs in Israel as well, and so for them it is. But for Europe, it, it is a big thing. Of course, it's a very very big thing and you know it, it, it's material for everyone but but there's something some something different in 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 europe where here it is more commercialized i think but um mm. you know i'm like these are very broad broad generalizations yeah but i think yeah. that it's a spiritual experience here too there's a lot of spiritual symbolism in in the season and in christmas so it's not like it's it's only material. We just have to dig them out and think about them a bit. And I'm happy to 
do that with you today. Well, let's so. do that. Let's do that a little bit then. I mean, the the Christmas, the Christian holiday it falls around the winter solstice, um, right. which is the time to celebrate the return of the sun, the birth of the light, right? As, as we record this, we're going yeah. into, we're beginning the season of Advent. And I think the same day, wait a minute, is it, Ad, is Hanukkah starting the first day of Advent as well? I, think, I don't know what, when Advent starts, but I think Hanukkah starts on the first or the second. Yes, yes. So it's so happen. they coincide this year. That's pretty cool. Hmm. <laughs> that doesn't always happen, nice. right? Yeah. Advent, and so um, yeah, we're and you know, with regard to the Christian celebration of Christmas, we don't even know for sure that Jesus was born on Christmas mm-hmm. Day, right? We mm-hmm. we we just have this great story, and I think um, if we look at it. I, I think for millennials, the whole story of the virgin birth and the it's it's hard to um, take at face value. But I think if we look at the story as more of a teaching tool and a beautiful metaphor, we can really mine some sacredness. Thoughts. <laughs> Thoughts. Okay. okay. So 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 again. Just to say, so, so, so that your listener know that my approach to, to spirituality is that, and, and to the material world, that the material world is an expression of the spiritual, right? If I have an intention to buy a gift for Christmas, mm-hmm. and I want that gift to show my love for you, I want that gift to show my care for you, then mm-hmm. I pick something that with that intention. So here I come with love and care, which we consider to be spiritual qualities, and I'm looking for a gift that will express that. So that's how you combine the spiritual with the with the material. Everything in our world, everything material, is an expression of some spiritual value or imagination or thought, and all of those are non-material. So... It can be of something that's noble and high, or it can be of something low that's low and just greedy. But everything material is an expression of something non-material. So they're inseparable. So then, okay, so so then how do you bring this into the holiday season, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, in gifting, um, I mean, you know, there's so many blogs about this and so many, all the magazines do about it. I mean, there's so much out there, but... The formula that I use is something spiritual, something material. And so something spiritual in gifting is that an experience is more fulfilling than an object. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you so if you gift an experience versus a thing, you're allowing people to have a, a larger range of emotions and experience around the gift. Okay, Mm -hmm. so either you do perishables, you do something that you create. So if I'm creating something now, I'm enjoying the creation of it. I'm giving it to you. You're enjoying the tasting of it. You know, it's like, you know, if I make olive oil in three different flavors, okay, rosemary, chili, I don't know, thyme. And so suddenly I'm having fun creating it. I'm having an experience in creating the gift. Now, you, each time you use the olive oil, over a few months are enjoying it. So it's an experience for me. It's an experience for you. And suddenly, it has so much more value. There's a connection between us because there's connection in you thinking of me each time that you use the olive oil. Um, There's caring. There's 
um, you know, there's the flavor, so there's uplifting of your palate. There's so many spiritual qualities mm -hmm. in me having created, you know, three kinds of olive oils, okay? And that's just one example of a perishable gift, Not right? to mention oil is a very sacred uh, symbol. <laughs> In, yes, it is. Uh, I, I didn't think of it, but yes. Yeah, see, there we go. The Hanukkah story, you know, the the oil and the lamps. There we go. You yeah. got it, girl. So then also, <laughs> so so another way to go with gifting, it's like, so so the, we all know, we've all had the experience that nature is very powerful and there's a lot of research being done of how it can really affect our physical, emotional, and mental well-being. So if we are in the wilderness, we can feel uplifted, we can feel expansive, we can feel inner peace, we feel there's a general well-being, okay? And so, so, so a way to gift nature in a small package, like herbs on a windowsill, if mm. you give that as a gift, again, you're picking the herbs, you're maybe creating them in a, in, in a planter, you're offering something that then is going to be used as an experience over time versus just a gift, a tie, socks, you know, the, the thing that we, the kind of traditional things that we, we, we might give it. And so these are just two examples. You know, you can do your own greeting cards. You can, like, if you're not a good, you know, if you think, well, I don't know how to draw well, I mean, just go and look for quotes that move you, that you feel are going to be really nice for, for the person. And just put a quote on the greeting card. Or if I can share with you something in Sweden. So that's a tradition in Sweden, and that is great. They write rhymes on the gifts. And they write kind of like funny rhymes. And the rhyme has to do with a gift. And before you open the gift, you actually have to guess what the gift is based on the rhyme. Based on the rhyme. So you wrap it in like a plain wrapping paper, just brown wrapper or something. Or anything else, but you, you kind of wrap it so you can't see it. Okay. You write a rhyme on it, and they use this, whatever it's called, like the red thing that the kings used to have. It's like wax, right? Oh, yes. Red wax, yes. and you kind of seal it. Sealing wax. And, mm -hmm. Right. And and you're allowed to, to bend words in order for it to be like funny and to fit the to fit the um, the present, and so then the person who receives the gift, they read the rhyme. You know, there's a lot of giggling going on because we're not all really good poets. Yeah. And 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 then you have to guess what it is, and so that's a really fun thing to do. Um, and and people can take it further, but but that's kind of a playful, fun thing to do. And again, it's an experience. You know, writing the rhymes right. and then having to read the rhyme and guess. So that's much more fulfilling than just giving gifts. And that's it, which is, a, you know, is, is a lot of work to go and buy, and it's expensive, mm -hmm. and then you open it up in a second. And there's something transformative about putting so much of yourself into a gift and really engaging your senses in the creation of a gift for someone else. And for me, that experience translates into more love for the person I'm giving the gift to. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a really... Um, it's a really becomes a really profound uh, experience of of my heart expressing love for the person. I actually yeah. wrote it a, a little children's book that comes out December tenth, and all mm -hmm. all the children in my life are going to get it, and um, especially dedicated toward to my grandson who lives very far away, and oh, wow. we don't get to see him very often, but um, he will hopefully get a copy and. 
I, enjoy it. So. I'd love to see it if, yeah. because I I I have a nephew who's five, and I'm going to do Christmas with him. And oh my so gosh, that would be a wonderful gift for him. Oh, it, well, he's the perfect age. So here's what we did. So my daughter is a Broadway actress, and she has a lot of friends. Her her husband is also in Jersey Boys off Broadway. So there there's a lot of talent up there and I have they have a good friend who's a videographer so I woke up one day with this little tune in my head the book is called there's an elephant in my bathtub so this tune is um uh, there's an elephant in the room. There's an elephant in the room. What can I do? And then it goes, there's all these animals. So there's a gorilla. There's So anyway, these talented kids shot a music video this past Monday, and it's going to be on YouTube. So your grandson can read the book, and then he can interact with this music video and sing it. And it, have, oh, you heard, nice. and he, have you heard that? That um, it's like the most popular kids video, the baby shark. Have you heard no. of that? No. Yeah, I hadn't either, but uh, everybody's told me about it. Um, okay. So it's really annoying. And the kids love it, and they want to play it over and over. It might be a little young uh, for him. So, But anyway, hopefully this will be a fun a nice. fun thing. So I poured my heart and soul into this, and then I was able to collaborate with all these talented young people and hopefully create this video. I can't wait to see it. But um, yeah. so, so it was an expression of my heart. And I love that you're saying that because I think that that totally brings the sacred into this holiday season in a in a really profound, sweet way. So yeah, yeah. And look how you you you, you poured your heart into it. And you, uh, you provided a platform for young people to share their talent and mm-hmm. part of their calling or their gift mm-hmm. and yours. And so all of these so called spiritual experiences are happening with something that's then being produced into a material thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think of any book, versus if, if, if it's a um, if it's a um, nonfiction or if it's a fiction. So, for example, my book. Okay, so it's it's material. It's paper and yes. it's ink, and it's just a material thing. But if you actually think about it, it's universal principles that I have observed in other people, in myself, and have studied. And I've kind of um, honed them, developed them, and turned them to something material through ink and paper and printing, mm-hmm. right? So something spiritual has become completely material. Now, when you read the book, magic, again, this material paper, ink, and print becomes spiritual again because you read the principle, and now you can relate to it and you can practice it. And so this is how spiritual and material exists in a book, mm. which is a merely material thing. And even if you talk about a, a fiction book, fiction is all about vision and imagination and the spirit of the person who, who is writing it and the characters coming to mm-hmm. life. But so, so here, too, there's, there's a spiritual quality spiritual principles transmute that, that, that are transformed into something that's just material and then when you read the book like your book it becomes spiritual for your book it's joy and pleasure and fun and music and right mm-hmm. so that's yeah. how the spiritual and the material are intertwined if we begin to step back a bit and look at a larger more expansive picture then we begin to see that the spiritual is hidden in everything material everything and i i sort of believe going back to that christmas story even the hanukkah story we can 
glean from those stories that exact same message. So we had here we had the the light, the light of the world coming in as an expression of God in a material in a physical body, you know, um, the the miracle of the the oil and the lamps that kept burning and burning. I mean, that's an expression of um, the, I don't know, miraculous spiritual (laughs) energy of God. And I, I, I feel like it's all the same thing. So I don't know. I yeah. I think we need to um, look yeah. look more deeply, yeah. perhaps at yeah. at our at the childhood um, yeah. stories that we we yeah. were told because they 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 can make a lot of sense in a yeah. much more mature spiritual um, way. You know, yeah. we we are given these stories when we're young and we take them at face value, and then right. Um, you know, when we when we mature, we can see them for what they are. Much more of a yeah. Um, so I I th- I'm looking at your four keys to spiritual mat- material balance in your in your book, and yeah. um, key one is expansive presence. And you talk about connecting with a more enlightened you, which yeah, that's that's really cool. You give some good examples of that in the book. I'm wondering if we can like take a look at um, the stressful holiday season and the you know, the shopping frenzy and the, you know, everybody's, I don't know, I'm, I'm saying everybody, my, (laughs) my need for perfection, I already have my Christmas tree up, and it's only just a couple days after Thanksgiving. So I mean, we do feel the pressure to um, create, especially I, I'm going to use the I word, I feel the pressure to create this perfect holiday for my family. And, um, so let's go to expansive presence and see if we can connect to that more enlightened me in in this yeah, yeah in this frenzied yeah. time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so so we already spoke about different ideas for giving mm-hmm. and for gifting, and so we connected to a more expansive expansive presence or a more enlightened expansive version of ourselves mm-hmm. when we think of the qualities of the experience that we want to create in the gift right like you did with you poured your heart mm-hmm. into 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 your book so right. it really is it really is beginning to pay attention to the hidden spiritual qualities in a material experience that's the expansive presence okay so for example a way to to bring more meaning into the holidays as well is to think of the themes of the season. So in the Northern Hemisphere, it's winter, it's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's darkness, but as you shared earlier, after the winter solstice, you know, the day after the, the, the days begin to become longer. So within the darkness, there is light, okay? The promise so of you light, could, yeah. You could sit in a circle, you know, around the dinner table, and you could each light a candle and you could just say a blessing, you know, of what you would like to take from the darkness into the light, or what you would like to bless, and you can do it for yourself. So in Hanukkah, there are eight nights. You can do Mm -hmm. one night for yourself, a blessing for yourself, the second night for the people that you're um, sharing a meal with, and then you can go to larger circles all the way to the world and places where you want to bring light and love or care into um, a distressed area or to nature or anything like that. So here you've taken a theme of light and darkness 
and seeds being born in the winter cold and in the darkness that are, ju- are then going to bloom in the spring. And you can have a, sh- a, a, a small little blessing circle and suddenly you've created mm. a more expansive presence and then the enjoyment of the food is so much it tastes so delicious mm-hmm. after you've given yourself some spiritual sustenance mm, I love that and just stopping and slowing down and breathing can also be another way to tap into that more expansive presence completely I mean in the book I, I talk about many other ways but you've asked to connect it kind of to the yeah, yeah, yeah. holiday so I'm kind of focusing about yeah, that yeah but I love the so candle materially focused mm-hmm. it's kind of important to okay so so let's look at the spiritual qualities inherent in this um, uh, material experience. And food is likewise. Like food is so part of the holidays in all the traditions, in mm-hmm. Kwanzaa, in Hanukkah, in Christmas. And so turn it into a fun experience where you think of what, you know, it's like each person can can um, can create their favorite dish. And then you can go around the, the dinner table and each one can tell a story about why it's their favorite dish and what they love about it and what memory it evokes. So suddenly you're having a bit of a spiritual moment. It's not too woo-woo, but people (laughs) are sharing an experience and then they taste it and it tastes so much more delicious when somebody has told a story of why it's so important for them. For sure. For Yeah, that's just another way of engaging. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So um, your key too is attentive listening. This can be really important at the holidays. Um, and accessing our inner wisdom. Um, I can think of a lot of uh, ways to apply that to holiday uh, get-togethers, but what are, what are your first thoughts when, when you think so, about that? So what I discovered through my doctoral research is, first of all, it's that, 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 um, that all spiritual experiences have an expansive quality to them and that luminaries live in this expansive state of mind and being. And the second thing... I discovered was that once you're in this expansive state, you become aware of information that was not available for you a second ago when you were in a more constricted state. Mm. Is it clear? Mm-hmm. So, so when you expand, and you can expand through gratitude, through love, it's really expanding into something that's more life-affirming, uh, more caring. And so... All you need to do is begin to say, okay, I want to tap into the spiritual qualities of the Christmas tree. Okay, like what are the, the, what might be the spiritual qualities or the spiritual meaning? Now just, just hold that intention and go about your day or sit and meditate on it. And the attentive listening is that suddenly the universe begins to talk to you because you're in this more of an expansive, you've asked to expand into Mm -hmm. a larger perspective about the Christmas tree. And you'll get different ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh, it symbolizes this. It symbolizes that. I mean, you might just invent your own. And so the attentive listening is really a place to listen to what comes up from your gut feeling or inner knowing, or maybe it's an external synchronistic events that that um, inform you ab- about something that you're inquiring about, like the example I get, the the, uh, the tree. But it, but this can be about anything. So first, you want to kind of expand and just ask to be more in a, in, in a larger perspective on anything that has to do with the holiday. And then just go about your day and just see what happens, what ideas, what creative things, what miracles, what happens 
that answers the question that you've asked. And that's and you need to do it attentively. You don't want to figure it out or think logically. You just want to kind of allow intuitive mm-hmm. knowing and kind of synchronistic events to show up in, in your life. And that's the second key. And pay attention and trust what comes through because it's amazing the the wisdom that comes from these deeper unconscious places in us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Um, your third key is inspired action. So manifest your dreams, goals, and purpose. So so we take this um, so for the holidays. wisdom. Yeah, so, for the holidays. Yeah. So here you are, you've tapped into, okay, you know, I've never thought of the meaning of the tree, and I don't have any idea about it, so I can't come up with ideas about it at this very moment, but you, you tap into that. You say, okay, that's what I'd like. I, I'd like to make the tree more significant or to, for, to you know, maybe I, I want to. Okay, so an idea just came to me. Okay, I just had a moment of attentive listening, and I thought about nature, okay, mm-hmm. and the ecological crisis that we're in. So, so that's where I took it. You can take it to something that's more simple or more playful or mm-hmm. anything, right? But right. So, so once you get the insight, okay, so you've expanded your perspective, You've listened attentively. You got some inner wisdom or some creative idea. Now you got to go do it because mm-hmm. otherwise, why go through through, through the process? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you want to manifest the the guidance. So whatever the idea that you got, you now want to go do it, and you want to do it with inspiration. And that's why the third key is inspired action. So create that meal that has different. Tr- tr- traditions or different traditions from different areas in the US or ask each person to bring a dish that's their favorite dish but with a story. If you have that idea, go do it and have the courage. Maybe it's a bit uncomfortable to ask people to share a bit, but just do it and do it with inspiration. My experience has been that even if people are a bit squirmish in their seats when they're asked to share something, at the end of the meal, people are so grateful. It was so special that we allowed. I loved the sharing. I loved that people shared a memory mm-hmm. from their childhood. I mean, people just love that part because we're hungry for the spiritual sustenance. It's yes. not just enough to have, yes. to have gifts and food. Yeah. And you could do that with the tree. Like you mentioned nature. So maybe you gather everyone and ask everyone to bring some item from nature and decorate your tree with a nature theme or... Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 There's so many... The, the minute you set your mind to it, like like you just did now, then mm-hmm. you got an idea. And the minute you set your mind to something, your unconscious, the universe, everything, inside and out, it gets to work and you're going to have so many creative ideas and just bring, and you can bring people to gather like that, and then they feel so good that you gave them some spiritual sustenance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's something really special about that that bringing together in in the name of something like this, so that that makes yeah. makes it even more fulfilling. Um, so your key four: faith filled knowing, embracing daily miracles. So. You know, we think about the Christmas miracles, the Hanukkah miracles. How can we do that in this, in 2018, in this um, crazy, crazy materialistic world that we live in during the holidays? Faith-filled knowing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so faithful knowing is really about trusting this relationship that you have with yourself and with the universe. I mean, some people will say my relationship is with Jesus or with God. You know, for me, it's more a, a loving, creative universe. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that I've spoken about it mostly in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's, it, it's really realizing, again, it's this expansive perspective that there's more going on than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And that's how you build your faith, right? You you expand your consciousness about something. You ask for some guidance. You receive some guidance either as an inner knowing or as an external miracle or prompt. You act upon it, and suddenly you realize that you're in a co-creative relationship with the universe or with God. Mm. And And that's the faithful knowing. It's building the relationship. It's not just... It's not just material, physical, I'm here, you're there. There's The, the fact that we can talk um, over a distance of such a, a big country and we're both on the two opposite coasts right. is because there, there are many non-material things that are happening in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really, it's like we... So the faithful knowing is tapping into the frequency of miracles and synchronistic events and inner knowing. And it takes practice to develop the muscle of faith because then you can allow the four keys to work more efficiently and then you can be more aligned with your calling and you can do the holiday season that's more aligned and more meaningful and you can enjoy the material parts of it more because you've balanced it with spiritual um uh, exercises or uh, activities, and so that's what faithful knowing is about in this context. That's beautiful. I lo- I love this book, and I love the wisdom that you bring. And I just thank you so much for bringing some really good ideas. And I'm sure if uh, our listeners today read the book "Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World," they can also come up with their own ideas for the holidays and the new year and beyond and create. And, and I like to say, I mean, every, every day is a sacred day. And especially as we age, (laughs) I feel like every moment is sacred. Um, You know, we can really, even in the midst of turmoil and family squabbles and whatever's going on, everybody's got stories, right, going on in their lives. We can always find something like you write about in your book, you had that that moment um, where you saw the birds, I think, all yeah. flocking together, and you were you had been yeah. going through some real financial um, stress, and um, all of a sudden you were yeah. able to open to that expansive presence, right? Yeah. So yeah. what a gift! It's such a gift. So tell us how uh, we can find the book and find more information about you, so that uh, if they want to hear you speak or work with sure. you, sure, sure. So. So the book, uh, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, you can get on Amazon, on um, Barnes & Nobles, online, and you can um, order it from your local bookstore. Um, my website is anagatman.com, so A-N-N-A-G-A-T-M-O-N.com. That's my website. Uh, other things that are going on, as you read in the in the beginning, I'm in the process of creating a membership community that's an affordable community where we will create and practice creating spiritual material abundance together. So you can join 
in the mailing list and then you'll be part of that and 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 you can join the close facebook group i mean so there are different things like that i also shared with you earlier that i'm creating it um like a holiday packet exactly with many of the ideas i shared but more things also for people who are alone in christmas mm. so how do mm. they deal with that so really important so a, yeah. yeah so there's a packet that, that i'm creating for christmas and Hanukkah, so so that people can can get some support and get some tips. So so maybe the website is the best place to kind of go to to um, cool to find out about all of this. Well, I'll be reaching out for that. I think that that will be very helpful. And we didn't mention that that a lot of people do struggle during the holidays with um, depression and uh, loneliness. Yeah. Loneliness. Um, so uh, yeah. I think I I would like to leave all of us, maybe you can hang on for just a moment while I read this beautiful blessing for um, this most sacred time of the year by John O'Donohue. He's such a beautiful poet and mystic. Um, and maybe this will lighten the hearts of some who may be uh, experiencing that that sense of disconnection that leads to loneliness. May you awaken to the mystery of being here and enter the quiet immensity of your own presence. May you have joy and peace in the temple of your senses. May you receive great encouragement when new frontiers beckon. May you respond to the call of your gift and find the courage to follow its path. May the flame of anger free you from falsity. May warmth of heart keep your presence aflame, and may anxiety never linger about you. May your outer dignity mirror an inner dignity of soul. May you take time to celebrate the quiet miracles that seek no attention. May you be consoled in the secret symmetry of your soul. May you experience each day as a sacred gift woven around the heart of wonder. That's beautiful, John O'Donohue. I didn't realize how beautifully that would dovetail with your work, but it certainly did, didn't it? It totally speaks to, you know, because he's inviting the spiritual qualities, but he's saying, may those spiritual qualities exist in your material day-to-day actions, right? Mm, Yeah. And so it really is the spiritual material balance. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. beautiful. Well, thank you. I'm sending you love and light for your holiday season. Thank you, Anna. And to all of you out there, have a blessed, beautiful, sacred holiday season. Namaste. you do with an elephant in your room? Hey guys, it's Connie Bowman. I'm excited to share with you my favorite listeners that I have written a children's book called There's an Elephant in My Bathtub. It's a sweet book for children ages about two to seven about a little boy who after leaving his animals all around the house comes home from school to find there's a safari a party happening in his room. What it really is, is a dad with a wild and fun imagination who creates a sweet story out of something every parent eventually encounters. Toys all over the house. 
There's an Elephant in My Bathtub will be a book to read over and over again with your child. It's now available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit the Connie Bowman Facebook page or click on the book page at ConnieBowman.com. Thanks, and happy, healthy holidays.